welcome to another episode of Black Girl Fly. I'm Tanisha Nicole. And I'm Tashonda Dixon. And today we're doing a part two. <laughs> Again. <laughs> another part two. We talk too much. Yes, we just, we want to keep these episodes nice and short, but there's honestly so much to talk about. Yes. So, <laughs> on the Some last... Some topics are really robust. Yeah, they really are. It's a lot to say. So, on the last episode, we kind of ended on the note of know why I am kind of tired of having the conversation um, about being black about being black right like in this climate that we're in I personally I'm just over being the martyr yeah and that's kind of how I see it in my mind and where that stemmed for me honestly was my private school experience and so we talked before about us having the opportunity to go to private school from 8th grade to 12th grade. Um, we were living in a predominantly black neighborhood. or we're, we're, No. so when we, we, We're five years apart, too, so that's a little so, hard. Yeah, so when I first got accepted, we actually lived in the suburbs. In, at the time, it was suburbs. I don't know that it's so much suburbs now, but in Brooklyn Park. <laughs> yes. In Brooklyn Park, Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Which is sub- was suburban at the time, <laughs> yeah. Yes. And and so actually, my mom when when we got accepted to the when I got accepted to the school, she was like, "Hey, I can't have y'all being too white. I need y'all to know where you come from. So if you're gonna go to this white school, and she said white school, she didn't say private. <laughs> if you're gonna go to this white school, we gonna live in the hood with other black people." And so we actually moved out of our apartments in Brooklyn Park mm-hmm. and moved to a more urban environment in Minneapolis. <laughs> With a lot more black people, really, down yeah. the street from all of our, fa- our family. Yeah, yeah. And we were still going to school, though, in the city, even at the time yeah. when we were living in the suburbs. We would, like, stay with our grandparents during the week to go to school, and then we would go to the suburbs during the weekend. The school, mind you, was a private school, predominantly white and wealthy. That's important to say. Yeah, so some of the kids' parents we went to school with, Extremely, Extremely wealthy. wealthy. When you think of big name business in America, like their great great grandchildren or kids yes. of people or CEOs of companies, like airlines. Yes, which is crazy. So yeah, was that that was my grade? You talking? Yeah, that was your grade. That was your grade. So the, all the things that I just defined were just in my grade, yeah. by the way. And many of those apply to mine because they are siblings. So yeah. So mine. what happens yeah. is they send their family there, and yeah. so a lot of people that were actually in my sister's grade, their sibling was in my grade, and which was weird. Cause I thought we were between. Yeah. Yeah. But um, so I was really excited about the opportunity, but I was poor. <laughs> And black. (laughs) And so I was largely uncomfortable Mm -hmm. (laughs) for most of my career, all of my career there. Yeah. So when I think about being uncomfortable or or people starting to have the conversations now, I do think back to my time at Blake. At Blake. And from, I mean, my experience was similar in many ways. And so... I, you know, in second grade, I didn't want to go there. I made sure that that didn't happen. (laughs) But fast forward a few years, I'm in seventh grade. And I, you know, I'm actually a very gifted student in consideration at my school. And my teachers recognized that. Yeah. I just did not want to accept that. Yeah. And so I wanted to be cool. And so I would... You know, skip my gifted classes so we, I can we hang did with the so cool the kids. Same thing. So I remember one time, I'll never forget this, but we were skipping recess. And so I was trying to hang out with the cool kids. And at this time, I had already gotten accepted to the school, to Blake. And 
all the teachers knew. They all mm. knew that I was going to go to this elite school in mm. Minneapolis. Mm. And I got caught. So we were in the bathroom. I don't know if we were like changing. We were like hiking up our clothes and tying it and trying <laughs> to be coochies and whatnot. But so oh <laughs> the teacher found us and like he pointed me out. He's like, Tashonda, why are you hanging out with these hoodlums? Basically, <laughs> I was so embarrassed because he was like looking at me. He's like, you're better than that. And I was like, I don't want to be better than that. Right. I want to <laughs> be like my friend. <laughs> yes. Of course. Yes. And, and and so it was it was hard for me because I started, there started to be a gap mm-hmm. between me and the people I grew up with, the people that yeah. I lived around, the people that I could better relate to. Yeah. And I didn't want there to be that gap. Yeah. Like it's, I felt the exact same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And so I would do these things like skip class. And I remember my teacher, Mr. Teese, he's out there. I know he is. He's my friend on Facebook. (laughs) He literally dragged me down the hall by my leg. (laughs) Yes, he did. From the class that I was skipping to my gifted class. And like he, you know, he watched out for me. And I had also another teacher in that grade who was also watching out for me. And they made sure that I got out of there because they didn't think that it was serving, you know, me to my fullest potential. Yeah. Yeah. That was the same thing. So I think I mentioned this in another episode too. But at that same school, I had Mr. Little. Mm -hmm. And Mr. Little... At the time, I think I mentioned this in another episode, but I, I couldn't read when mm-hmm. I went to the school with Sheridan. Mm-hmm. I couldn't read when, when by the time and I went to Sheridan in the fifth grade. And Mr. Little took his time. He taught me. He taught me so much, the things that I hadn't been getting. And he's the one who told my mom, mm-hmm. she's got something. Yeah. And you need to put her in an environment where they could nurture that yeah. and grow her to her fullest potential. And so I do want to stop here and just say shout out. You know, yeah. I, I think that we're in a time where teachers are the most unrewarded, yes. <laughs> most overworked, yes. most unappreciated yes. people. And these were people in our lives who who stopped us because yeah. I think we would be completely different. I couldn't people. read in fourth grade either. Yeah. I was a terrible reader pretty much through high school. It's just now that I'm actually <laughs> becoming a good reader. Yeah. But but yeah, like literally y'all, I cannot Spell my middle name. Yep. Which is Nicole. <laughs> Easiest spelling. No H's, no <laughs> confusing anything. Yeah. But like, shout out to these teachers who took the time to see us, you know, yeah. when we. And to truly see us because at that time, too, I had some behavior issues. I was fighting. And he really looked past that and was like, I see you. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you. And a large part of that is why I've always been drawn to education. Yes. Yeah. Because. I have great respect for these people. And even in high school, Miss Michael, like you already know, Miss Williams, like you guys, like Miss Phillips, there's so many people. <laughs> and we're doing a shout out segment. <laughs> Y'all are literally the reason why I'm here today. Yeah. So thank you. Yeah. No, I, and, and so to get back to that, back to the story though, is that, um, Kind of lost our track. Yeah. So basically, um, so we were talking about our experiences at Blake. So when I I did eventually end up at Blake, right? Like I had this whole experience where I didn't want to be the outsider. So I tried everything I could to fit in at my public school, but the teachers were like, no, you need to go to a different school. And so they really made me apply to Blake. 
But there was a whole riffraff that happened with me trying yeah. to get into Blake the second go round. And you want to talk about that, Shonda, because you so <laughs> let's just say so I got to Blake and I had a rough time. When I first got in, I was going into eighth grade and I was like a fish out of water. Mm-hmm. First, I didn't speak proper English. Mind you, I told you I, I grew up in the hood. Mm-hmm. And so I would talk and the kids would make fun of me. There were no black people who really shared the black experience. I remember running late and I was putting grease in my hair on the school bus. And the kids, I'll never forget, this was the first time that I really had an encounter. They were like, what are you putting in your hair? That's nasty. You don't want your hair to be greasy. And this is a white perspective, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I didn't know what to say. So I literally scrouched down in the school bus and I just didn't say anything. And mm-hmm. I just went to school and I was like, forget it. I'm just going to ignore that. I'm going to pretend like that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And and I, I went on. And then when I got to eighth grade, the school had made the decision that I was behind. So in at Blake, they required you to take foreign languages. Mm-hmm. And so all the eighth graders had been taking a language for so much time. And they were like, hey, it doesn't make sense that we're going to put Tashonda in a language to, to start now when there's going to be a bunch of new people in high school next year who will be starting off. So at least you'll have a crowd that'll mm-hmm. start off learning the language with her. So we're not going to put her. So instead, they put me in a study hall. And so the kids actually were like, that means she's stupid. And they were like, she doesn't know anything. That's why she's. That's why they put her in study hall. So I was made fun of. And I'll never forget, I've always been pretty gifted in math. And so I got to math and I was doing well in math. I was answering questions. The teacher was asking. And the kids were like, how do you know that? Like, you don't know that. Where'd you, who'd you cheat from? And mm. that was the experience. And I was like, no, I'm actually good at this. And so I really had a, a rough time. And I realized, or at the time I felt, I was like, they're never going to respect me. Mm-hmm. No matter what. I will be a scholarship kid who got in because I was black. Yeah. And I really struggled with that. So my first year was that my eighth grade year. Yeah. And I really struggled with that dichotomy because when I would go home, we lived in the hood now at this time, I was never black enough. When I would go to school, I was never white enough. And I wasn't doing well in school. There was nowhere I was doing well. And so I made this huge transition from a place where I was comfortable. I had friends. I was a cool kid to a place where I was literally alone and nobody could relate to me. That's the exact same thing. (laughs) And so I I would tell you, though, I think that Tanisha and I took separate routes. So I was like, F it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I really did. So so I went through, I, I just skated by. Mm-hmm. I was like, they're never going to respect me. Yeah. I'm just going to do what it takes to get out of here, get to college and start there. Yeah. And so I would tell you that my high school career, in math I always did better at just because I had a natural acumen there. But I just kind of was like, well, <laughs> yeah. I'll do whatever. And then life hit. So, so we'll probably talk about that in other episodes. But things yeah, were happening yeah. where... I couldn't focus a lot of time Yeah, in school. And it's so funny. I think I took your approach, actually. I said, I'm going to prove y'all wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so yeah. much of my, much of the beginning of my high school was me proving that I'm an excellent student, but also that I deserved to be there and that every other black person that was there deserved to be there too. And so we took on the administration, we yeah. got curriculum changed. We talked to the board of directors. I got new sports added to the <laughs> roster. Like I was so into making that place 
take me and like making it I, conform I, it, to it's me. So, it's so funny <laughs> that we bring this up. I don't, by the way, I don't think we've ever had this conversation at this level, but I really took that as I'm not going to be able to change your mind. There's too many of you guys. Mm. It, there's nothing I can do. And at the time, by the way, so I, I do think that there was a difference as well. When I went to Blake, when I was there, there were maybe, by the time I got to high school, there were maybe three to four black people in my grade. Mm-hmm. The grade, the other grade that was the most diverse when I was a freshman were the, was the junior class. And mm-hmm. they had like six or seven. <laughs> yeah. We had six in my grade in some halves. But so no, so, so <laughs> I have to tell really you, though, by the time I graduated, though, so when I went to my freshman year, we had five black people. Mm-hmm. By the time we graduated, two or three of us were left. Everybody graduated two. from mine. Yeah. No, three. Three were three. left. Interesting. And um, no one left. No one left from my grade. I mean, not everybody did perform at the same level, but yeah. everyone graduated in all, but one of us went to college. Wow. So everybody yeah. in my grade, I think, except for one person went to college, and he eventually went to college, too. But yeah. but so, well, what I was trying to say, though, is that when I went there, I felt like I was a pioneer of black people at Blake. Just and, being there. Yeah. yeah. It and was so, definitely a different time. And so, too, by the way, the black people who were in my grade, I would say all but one other one was wealthy. And so mm-hmm. they they had money. They belonged yeah. there because they had the wealth to to be there. I think that my personal experience there was not just me being black, but also me being poor, me mm-hmm. coming from a more diverse environment. And so the the problems that were real for me, so it was me being black too, but the problems that were real for me weren't real for everyone else. Yeah. Um I would there was I never made varsity in sports, even though I was better than my best friends who made varsity. I didn't make varsity because my coach was teaching me a lesson because mm-hmm. they required that you attended practice during the summer. Mm-hmm. Well, what I was too embarrassed to share is that we were in a car accident my junior year, and my mom was in the hospital for years through my senior year, really, and I had to work. And I had to work not to buy clothes or to buy a car. I had to work to give us groceries, to keep on our lights. I'm going to cry. I know. Um, <laughs> I, I literally had to work to survive. Mm-hmm. And so I couldn't tell my coach that there was already so much riding yeah. on me, on me being there, on me making it through. And I didn't want people to take pity on me. Yeah, I couldn't explain it to them because they didn't have that experience because they wouldn't understand. They would think yeah. that something was wrong with my mother, with my family, with where mm-hmm. I've come from, because I was put in that situation at 16. And I had a similar, not same, but... The year that I started high school, my half-brother, Tashonda's half, I guess it is your half-brother also. No. I guess he's not even my half-brother, but her my sister's, sister's brother. brother. <laughs> but it felt like he's my my half-brother, at least. He was killed. He was shot, killed, murdered. And the school found out about it. Yeah. And the year that I'm entering high school, there we had a funeral, oh. like administrators from the school show up at this funeral. Mind you, so I I do want to say during that time, Tanisha's and my experience was very different. Mm -hmm. So I was sheltering my life outside Mm -hmm. of the school. I didn't share with the school the Mm -hmm. hardships that I was experiencing. I just took it. Yeah, you just took it. And 
I, I, I went through it without saying anything. So them showing up and them knowing yeah. that was a big deal. And you were, you had just graduated. I just graduated. You had just graduated. Yeah. And this was like my first year. Yep. And I didn't know these people. Yeah. I didn't want their condolences. I didn't want anything from these people. I was, you know, still trying to figure out who I was at that point. And so they show up. And for me, like it was in summertime yeah. and school was just about to start. And so when I arrive at school on the first day, I get all these. We all had like cubbies. I get all these cards and letters. I was going to say, so I don't know if you knew this too, but also you were coming off the back of me. Yeah. So yeah. so in my senior year, I actually left home. Yeah. So right after my <laughs> 18th so birthday, my senior year, I decided I wasn't going to live in my mom's house anymore. I moved in with my boyfriend. And I didn't tell the school about that. I just... Mm-hmm. Kept going to school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everything was normal. And my mom contacted the school and was like, how's Shauna doing? She doesn't live here anymore. I'm just checking like a concerned mom. <laughs> and so they knew. And so actually my my dean came to me and was like, why didn't you tell me what was going on, Shauna? I'm like, because mm-hmm. it's none of your business. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I'm 18. I can live outside of my mom's house. It's not illegal whatever and so tanisha came in to the school when they finally found out so i would tell you that my junior year we were in a bad car accident nobody believed us they just thought we were trying to get money even Mm -hmm. though i was in a full body back back brace but (laughs) so much tear (laughs) but so so largely i felt like everyone at school just thought i was this welfare kid Mm -hmm. who got in because i was black and i was just skating by and so Everything that I was going through, I kept private throughout the yeah. duration of my high school experience. Yeah. And then at the end of my senior year, they found out that I left home and was going through that. And then during the summer after my <laughs> that year, my brother is murdered. And then my sister, Tanisha, is coming into the school. Yes. And now they know everything. The floodgates are open. And to top it all off, my mom is moving <laughs> to a different state. Yeah. And so I would have a legal guardian, but really no parents. <laughs> yes. And so that's the environment I was going in on. Yeah. And I kept a lot of my stuff private other than like academic stuff. Like people didn't really know like that I was in a living situation where I really didn't have any parents. I was living mm-hmm. in a house with like five other kids, one parent and like, her only rule was that we did our chores on the assigned day. She did not care. There was no homework checks. There was no curfews. Like, that's all you really had to do. And it was actually extremely hard to keep up with my schoolwork and be in an environment like that where I still had to, I mean, we lived in different places, but like, I still had to go to get to sports. I still had to get to school. So I would spend hours on the bus and yeah. I'm not good at navigation. So hours <laughs> getting lost on top of the hours that it actually took to make the distance. And I didn't have any money. And so I would dread the days where I would have to call the guardian at that point yep. to tell her that I was lost. I did not know where I was. It was the middle of the evening. It's snowing. And the only reason I'm calling you is because I'm stranded. Yeah. And I'm about to call <laughs> And so, so I didn't tell people, I mean, I didn't tell people the stuff that I was having to deal with at home. I didn't even tell my mom like what the yeah. deal was, but I, I did that for a couple of years and I put my head down 
school and classes were the only thing that I could control. Yep. And so that's what I did. (laughs) (laughs) We weren't supposed to cry. Cry it. Um, But so when you ask us about being black in America, I think that our experience in that environment, and and I told you the the not just being black, but being poor in in an affluent environment, it's hard. It, yeah. it's 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 hard for you to want us to acknowledge it now, mm-hmm. when we've been trying to ignore it and push it down and push through for so long. Yeah, yeah. So that I, I guess that yeah. would be the thing that I I, I would share here, yeah. and yeah. I'm sure we can go on. We didn't even. <laughs> We didn't scratch the surface on this, y'all, but this is, I mean, this is literally why I feel how I feel, you yeah. know? And I just want to give props to every other person who has suffered in silence yeah. in the past, who's still carrying baggage from, you know, past traumas and are showing up every day, you know, yeah. their full selves. Because just sometimes showing up in itself is hard. Yeah. And you don't understand all the other things that people are carrying. And I think that that is really obvious from our stories Mm -hmm. is that sometimes why I was a C student is because sometimes I'm just trying to show up. (laughs) Um, And so know that. And to all of our listeners who haven't had that same experience, we we know that you have a story. Talk about it. Mm -hmm. Share it. That's going to be the one of the best ways for you to continue to push forward and for you to let go of some of the things that you were holding on to. Yeah. So (laughs) y'all on that note, I'm like, I think we're going to sign off on this one. Um, So we can stop crying. So so we can stop crying and we'll, we're happy to share more at a future time about, you know, the rest of the story. But I think that really, that, that was the message that we want you guys to, to leave with on this episode. So until next time, y'all, I'm Tanisha Nicole. And I'm Tashana Dixon. And we are Black Girl Fly. Black Girl Fly.